today I want to talk about the weapons of our warfare. The weapons of our warfare. Amen. That sounds like a Kesha message, you know, just to come and engage and pray and you know. But I want us to bring it in a totally different way how it came to me yesterday when I was just thinking about today's service. And I said most of the time when we, we get born again, they tell us now you're born again, you've come to a very good life. And it feels like when you're born again, you'll never have problems again. You know the way they say now, in that enemy side, things were bad, you've come to the good side of life. And you almost get to your mind that there will be no challenges. But the truth is, whichever side you are, there's a contention over your head. There are always two kingdoms fighting for you. The enemy's kingdom saying, I want this one forever. And God's kingdom saying, I want this one forever. So as Christians, we cannot afford to walk as though we are just, you know, just doing a casual walk. We have to walk with the understanding that we are in warfare, whether we know it or not, whether we want it or not. It's by default that we are in warfare. And I want to just present to us that as long as you're in warfare, you need weapons. Bonas if you are sana. As long as you're in warfare, you need weapons. Would you imagine if you're in a country, for example, as the way we are in Kenya, and they came and said, ah, our army does not have weapons, and our enemies in the neighboring countries hear that, what do you think they will do? They will ask, where is their gold? Where is their central bank? They will ask where all our treasures are, because they know that our armies do not have weapons, and they will come and plunder us left, right, and center. They will come and look for the harvest and harvest it for themselves, and we are the ones who planted because they'll have heard somewhere that country has an army, but the army has no weapons. They know they are facing a people who cannot fight back. So every time as a body of Christ, when we walk without weapons, we're just telling the enemy, you know what? Come pick what you want. Which part do you want to bite? The head or the toes or the hands? We are just presenting ourselves to the enemy to be devoured nicely. But when he knows we have weapons, even as he comes, he comes cautiously knowing uh, those ones have weapons. I might have casualties, someone might be injured, someone might die because those who have weapons have casualties. So as we walk in our walk of Christianity, we need to walk always knowing. We cannot just walk oblivious of, of what is happening in our, you know, in our atmosphere. We need to walk with the understanding it is warfare, it is warfare, it is warfare. And that should not bring us to a place of fear. That should bring us to a place of courage because we know greater is he who is in us than the one who is in the world. That gives us an assurance that even if the battle rages, there is someone inside of me who is stronger than the one who is coming to face, to face against me. And sometimes it feels like a contradiction in Christianity when the things that are supposed to break us become the things that build us. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, Tim was asking about a testimony, and I was asking, where does the testimony come from? It's after you've been tested and beaten and everything has happened, but instead of being worn out and crying and mourning, you come out and give a, a glory message, the Lord did see me through. Something supposed to break you in battle, ends up building you in battle. Have you ever gone through something and you're thinking, Lord, he, it's been too much, Lord, no, let it just reduce. These denies have been too many, Lord, reduce. These sicknesses have been many, Lord, let them reduce. But everything that is coming our way, it's our weapon tacking somewhere. We're attacking it somewhere. It's part of the building blocks of our testimony. That one day you'll come and say, I have a testimony. Why? You'll say, I was 
going through this and going through that and going through the other, but the Lord did see me through it. What was meant to break you ends up building you up. When they took Jesus to the cross, they thought they were breaking him. They even said, ah, you said you're the king. Okay. Now, get yourself from that place. They even put a tag on his head. He says he's the king. Yani, you're not the king. He just says he's the king. A mockery message. They thought they were tearing him apart. But they forgot. With the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They do the opposite. They're supposed to break us. They build us. When they put Daniel in that, in that, uh, in that den of lions, it was supposed to devour him. It was supposed to bring his love for God to a compromise. But they saw a man who went down glorifying Jesus and who came up glorifying Jesus. It was supposed to break him, but it built him. But trust you me, the Daniel who went in is not the Daniel who went out. He came out with a testimony that for the first time ever, the Lord shut the mouths of the lions. They thought they were going to, you know, kill him. But he came out with a portion of the Bible that today, thousands of days or you know, whichever number of years it is after Daniel died, we can still talk about a man who went to the den of lions. What was meant to break him became a weapon for his warfare. Praise the name of the Lord. And even the account of, of Abraham, he's, 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 he's called, we can call him barren too because he doesn't have a child. But the Lord looks at him and says, hmm, you're a father of nations. Ah, a father of nations. You don't even have the first one to begin with. How can you be the father of nations? But it is in the end that this prophecy that looks like a mockery becomes yes and amen. That gives us a story that gives him a title called the father of faith. What was meant to bring him down became a title that to date we boast of Abraham as a father of faith. I don't know what you're going through this evening. And sometimes we feel like, Lord, why did you choose on me? Lord, why did you put me into this path? Give me an easier road. But we don't know which title is awaiting on us on the other side. We don't know what kind of testimony he's building in us. We don't know which part of the brick he's giving us. Whether it's the roof he's giving us or the windows. or We don't know which part of the building of our testimony he's doing. But we have to be faithful. Amen. How can he say, let the weak say, I am strong? Ah. I think if you're weak, you're weak. If you're strong, you're strong. But he gives us a contradiction because he knows in the weakness, that's where his strength is made manifest. So in the point of weakness, it's not us being seen. It is a position, an opportunity for him to show up and show off that I'm the God who redeems them. I'm the Lord who delivers them. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. And today, as we talk about the weapons of our warfare, I want us to talk about three weapons. And then in the end, we'll have some, some good time to pray. We'll talk about three weapons, the word, the blood, and the name. Amen? The word, the blood, and the name. And our first verse will be John chapter 1, verse 1. I don't know whether we'll be able to project. Will we? Those who have Bibles, those who don't have Bibles, just, just let's follow. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God and dwelt amongst us in the beginning. Meaning before everything else was made, already a weapon was put in place supposed to help a people who will come someday and need it. Do you know the beauty of God is how all-knowing he is? 
that he knew sometime there will come a generation of thousands and millions of people who will face an enemy who constantly following them and they will need a weapon called the word. And sometimes we feel like the word is something so far away. But John chapter 1 verse 1 says, the word, first it came and then dwelt amongst us. It did not just appear, it was before we were. It was there in the beginning, is now and forever shall be. How sure am I about that? Because he says, everything else will fade away but his word, but his word, but his word will remain. There is something about his word that is not fading. There is something about his word that continues, you know, instead of wasting away and rusting and becoming old, it becomes renewed and renewed and renewed because the word is Jesus himself. The word is Jesus himself because you're told he became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Even right now, he is dwelling in our midst. And the challenge to us as those who are in the battlefield, do we have the weapon called the word? Because you cannot quote something you do not know. You know, one of the reasons why we pay lawyers so much is because there's something they know that we don't know about our very constitution. I have lived in Kenya all my life, clearly. But even if you put the constitution here, I cannot tell you which act is where. Is subsection A or subsection B? If today I'm arrested, I won't know where to, to quote. Though it's my constitution as, as, as a Kenyan. So can you see what we do for ourselves as, as Christians when you do not know the constitution called the Bible? The enemy can hit anywhere and you don't know which part of the word to hit him with. How exposed we become. But when we have the word of God, hey, it gives us an advantage. Because every time we quote the word, we bring the Lord to attention to what he said. He says in his word that he has exalted the word above his name. If today you walk into the room and you call Joyce, I will turn because I know my name, right? If I call Tim, there's one Tim in the room. If I call you, what's your name? Your name? Simon. If I say Simon, he will turn because he knows that's his name. So the Lord says his, his name is his word. I mean, he's exalted his word above his name. So if you turn at your very own name, what about something higher than your name? Won't it make you turn? So the response we need is when you call upon the Lord in line with his word. In line with his word. Do we want our prayers to be answered? We align them to his word. He turns his head very, very fast. Because the word is his son. His son who is exalted. The word that is sharper than a two-edged sword. The word that he has lifted above his name. The word that does not return to him void but accomplishes every word it was sent for. So for everything we go through, quote the word, quote the word, quote the word. It's like you're calling more armies. You're calling backup. You're calling backup. Lord, you said, Lord, you said, Lord, you said. And you know, he's not a man that he should lie. So if he said it, he will do it. Mm -hmm. If he said it, he has the capacity to do it. He has the angels to do it. He has his spirit to do it. He has all it takes. So the weapon called the word is one which you should always be having in our lives as a body of Christ. We should not just be walking for the sake of walking. The word that he just, he would quote the word and people would say, eh, at his word, at his word, at his word. Such a powerful thing. Why do we gather every Sunday? It's not for the tea and the mandazi that we have at, after the service or to come see our friends. We can call them during the week of mobile if it's our friends we wanted to see. 
But there's a word that draws us, that brings us together, that gives us life, that gives us hope. Sometimes you have a very tough week, but look forward to one easier day, so to speak, called Sunday. And you hear just one word, and through all the week you can quote that word and, and walk with it and chew it and quote it, just one line, and it gives life inside of you. I beseech you, brethren, please, let's have that weapon called the word always with us. Always with us. You know, even Jesus, when he was tempted, it was a word against the word. It was the enemy saying, it is written. And Jesus saying, it is written. And the devil saying, it is written. And Jesus saying, it is written. So if Jesus was not the word himself, it was easy for the enemy to have misquoted. You know? But he had not only the word, but the understanding of the word. It makes a difference. That is not just a storybook. There's an understanding that comes with it. Praise the name of the living God. Praise the name of Jesus. Let's always have the word with us. If it takes you reading a chapter or a five chapters or a cover to cover, whatever it takes, let's always have the weapon called the word with us. That's what preserves us. Weapon number two. This one I love. Ooh. Weapon number two is the blood. Praise the Lord Jesus. That's where all our journeys began for you and for me of being called a Christian. Because you were purchased by the blood. Is it in Colossians chapter 1 that talks about by the, shed, by the shedding of the blood, there's remission of sins for many. I think it's Colossians chapter 1. For the shedding of the blood, everyone else now has a different name because of the blood. Because of the weapon that causes the enemy to say, those ones I cannot touch. They have the mark of the blood. They have the mark of the blood. They have a complete work that cannot be contested. That previously they would bring the blood of the bulls and the blood of the goats and the blood of the doves and the blood of many other animals they would bring. Ear after ear, ear after ear, but the Lord was still, mm -mm. something is incomplete. Until the lamb was slain. And it, becomes a one, it became a once and for all kind of sacrifice. To the point when Solomon was dedicating the temple, the Bible says he slew a hundred thousand animals. That to the point the blood was flowing like a river. I know after that um, sacrifice, the Bible talks about the promise that the Lord gave him. But still, that sacrifice was not enough. Was not enough. I'm imagining how our services could have been if the blood of Jesus was not there. That Tim and his family would come with their goats and their bulls for the sins of the week. I show up with my family and our, our, our sacrifices for sin, our, Afri our sacrifices for sin, another sacrifice for, for I don't know which other thing, and then the next family comes, goodness. It will have been just a different kind of, we'll begin services in the morning and end in the evening. By the time we are done with the sins of family one, family two, fa hey, it will just be a day for butchering things and confessing our sins by the blood of Jesus. Are we not grateful for the blood of the Lamb? Are we not happy for the blood of Jesus? Are we not grateful for the cross? Ah, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you, Father, for the sacrifice of your son. Have you ever gone to a place? Maybe you've never, or maybe you've gone to a place. And uh, sometimes these offices, they have a front office. They call a front office, right? When you find there's a secretary who has to usher you to the boss. And sometimes you go in and maybe you're just dressed casually. They don't know who you are. 
and because you're dressed casually, maybe it's a day like it has rained, your shoes are muddy, and you have an umbrella that is dripping water still, and they look at you and they're just like, like you are, I don't know. So they even ask you, unataka nini, you know, like you, the kind of you does not show up in this office, you know, from the, from the way you look, you look not presentable, you don't look worth much, and they don't give you much attention. And maybe you say, I want to see the director, so and so. And they look at you again like, eh, people who come to see the director are in suits, are looking good, they're not having muddy shoes, and you look something totally different. And they give you a look, but they don't know who you are. And then suddenly they tell you, ah, the boss is not in. And maybe for, tr- for sure the boss is not in. Then suddenly the boss walks in and shakes your hands and says, oh, so and so, it's you, you have come, and you hug each other and you talk. And then, ah, even the secretary is wondering, I thought this person I ignored. I thought I, I didn't even want them to be over here. They're just putting mud in our reception. Maybe they get to know, ah, Kumbe, this one is just brother and sister. The man called director, this one just have same blood flowing in them. And on the account of the, of the blood, this human blood called relatives, they walk you in. In fact, the director is saying, you know, chukua odayake, ask him what he wants for, you know, for tea and make him tea or make her some tea and order snacks for her. At that particular time, she's looking at you like, you're the one I despise. But there's an advantage you have that I didn't know. Call the blood. Your relatives call me. I didn't even know. And that's the blood of the sons of men that gave you access, that gave you an advantage. What about the blood of Jesus? What about the blood of Jesus? That sometimes we walk with people and they despise us and they treat us ill, but yet we have a weapon called the blood that we do not use. Because our sins have been washed by the blood, we can access the Father, we can approach the throne of grace and mercy that we may find help in time of need. Because of the blood, we are called coherers together with Christ. Because of the blood, we are called the sons of God. The Bible says if we are children, we do not inherit. We have to grow up to be sons for us to inherit. But the blood of Jesus qualifies us from being children to being sons. So we can inherit everything the Father has. The weapon called the blood. It separates us from everything that could have condemned us. When we are deserving to die, the blood says those ones have been marked for eternal life. When you're supposed not to be having privileges, it says those ones, give them access, they have the mark of the blood. When the enemy wants to bring death and destruction, it says those ones, they are marked for blessings and for prospering. The weapon called the blood of Jesus. Where all our journeys begin, the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus. It gives us cleansing. It gives us separation. It gives us inheritance in the Lord. The Bible says we have not been given uh, an inheritance of corruptible things. But you've been given an inheritance that cannot be corrupted. That cannot fade away. That cannot rust. Where the moth cannot touch. Where the rust cannot touch. That's the kind of inheritance you've been given. Because of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. Hallelujah. And not just the blood of anything, like they used to present previously, the blood of animals, which was working then. But there's a sacrifice that we can pass on from ourselves to our children, to our children's children, you know, to our lineage until Jesus comes and still doesn't lose its power. Blessed be the name of Jesus. That 2,000 years later, we are still claiming the blood and seeing it work for us. Our children will claim the blood and see it working for them. The next ones will come and claim the blood and see it working for them. How powerful is the blood. 
uh, may we always plunge in this blood and find separation. The blood is where the trading place comes in, where we just plunge in and leave our sicknesses, where we plunge in and leave our diseases, where we plunge in and leave our, our former names. Maybe we had a name called addiction, a name called death, a name called sin, a name called drunkardness. But when we dip in the blood, we come out as a people who have a new name called the sons of God, called the righteous ones, called the sanctified ones, called the ones who shall live with him eternally, called the ones who are worthy to worship him, called the ones who are worthy to access him without end. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. May we always use this weapon called the blood. The third weapon is called the name. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. It is a weapon that Christians use either by, de by design or by default. <laughs> it's the name. Because every other time, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You're in a car, it screeches suddenly Jesus. You know, you're almost tripping off the stairs, Jesus. You just call the name. You don't know whether it works or not, but somehow too that name comes as the first name that should going to help you out of danger. You just go Jesus, you know. And sometimes we do it just because it's the first name that comes to our head. But it's not just another name. It is a name that is powerful. The Bible says that there is no other name given to the sons of men by which they can be saved. And many a times we quote that verse by which they can be saved. And we feel like it's only the salvation from sin. But I've just mentioned, are we not saved from, from accidents, from diseases, from many other things because of the name of Jesus? The sons of Sceva didn't have the understanding. And it's not just another name to play around with. They said, oh, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. They didn't have an understanding. This is just a name to call. This is a name to call when you're going to invoke power. This is a name to call when you want the demons to flee. This is a name to call when you want power to back you up from heaven. This is a name to call when you want backup for angels. They did not know this is just such a name to play with. And when they tried playing with the name, it did not work for them. It worked against them. I mean, even the demons just had a field day. Chappered them nicely and removed their clothes and embarrassed them. Good. That our funzo, no one else will play with that name again. You know, the name of Jesus. And for us, as we pray, let's call upon this name. As we are just invoking warfare, let's call upon the, the name of Jesus. As we just laying to rest, let's call upon the name of Jesus. As we worship, let's call upon the name Jesus. I love the song that we sang earlier in this very uh, service. We are saying, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Just preaching about the name of Jesus, we can, we, can, we can do a series that can go service after service after service after service. Just the name itself. It's grand by itself, the name of Jesus. Every prayer that we pray, we say in the name of Jesus. And maybe sometimes we pray that in the name of Jesus because that's what our Sunday school teachers taught us. Maybe that's what we had our parents pray. But I want to present to you that's very biblical. John chapter 14 verse 13 says, and whatever you ask in my name, my name, which name? The name of Jesus. I don't know where you've been at a place where sometimes when politicians just want to show their power and, and they, they say in public, so and so you have not been doing your job from today, you know, I demote you. They're just using the strength of their name to show off some power, you know. 
but what kind of name we have that we can dethrone things and put some things in place that we can dethrone kings and put some kings in power sometimes you have bosses who harass us yet we are doing well and we walk in intimidation as though we do not have the the name as though we do not have the blood as though we do not have anything under under our name we have such powerful weapons that as long as we are having a right walk with the Lord, we can invoke the name and say, Father, on the account of your name, don't let me be embarrassed. On the account of your name, let me not be put to shame. On the account of your name, our Lord, do this for me. Let them not say, where is your God? On the account of your name, Lord, do this for your glory. Remember to finish the sentence correctly. Everything is for his glory. Everything is for his not, Lord, do it so that I, I will show them. I will teach them a lesson. Uh-uh. Everything is for his glory. The name of Jesus. David knew this so well. The Bible says that every morning, Goliath would wake up every morning and stand on top of of, of a valley, you know, with his weapons and his physique. And he would, you know, use abusive words on a whole army of the children of Israel. And our Tukana the whole day, journeys, goes and rests. Then the following morning he comes again and calls them names. The whole, he asked them, among you, all children, all army of Israel, there is no man who can stand before me and call them names again. And I goes to sleep, day three again. And I'm wondering, Aki, army of Israel, you, you, you are not tired of being abused every single day. And one day David shows up and says, hey, who is this man? Who is this man? Who has been calling the armies names every single day? They said, oh, his name is Goliath. You know, he has a reputation. He has fought many battles. He has a big name. So he's feared. You can even see his height. You can see the size of, of his body. You can see the, the, height, the length of his spear. The Bible describes it in, 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 the, in, the, in the length of the feet. It was, how big it was. But David said, hmm, you come to me with your weapons and everything else. But I come to you in the name. In the name. In the name. Jesus had not been born then. Mm -mm. Jesus had not been born in the days of David. But David had an understanding about a name that was higher than Goliath. A name that was higher above the abuse and the intimidation of one man who would show up every day and the people say that army of Israel would go and cow and hide. If you read the Bible um, in terms of history and also the, the books of the Bible, how they describe there was um, like an interview of how they do of the army. They would look at the height. They would look at the physique. They would ask the kind of family you've come from. There was a thorough training. The armies of the children of Israel are not just another army. They had to go through thorough training. There had to be a certain kind of, of building, even physical build. That even when the other armies were told you're facing the armies of Israel, they knew who we are doomed. Those ones are trained. Those ones have the kind of physique that are, are intimidating. Those ones are swift. Those ones just had a good reputation in terms of war. Yeah, those are the armies that would coil every single morning when one man would rise until a different kind of man called David stood and introduced the name. The name. The name that is above every other name. The name by which the sons of men are saved. The, men, the name that gives us a new genealogy. The name that introduces us to a different kind of bloodline. The name of Jesus. 
the name that connects us to the family of God, the name that separates us from ancestral things or whatever else they want to call to call themselves and calls us a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a chosen people, a different kind of a nation, a people called out of darkness into marvelous light, the name of Jesus. Every time we are in war, we need to know we are not by ourselves. We have weapons in our armory that we need to use every, every time. We need to always use our armory. At times you go to places and people say, I have this kind of education. I have this kind of connections. Oh, you know, I come from this kind of family that is known. Oh, I have this kind of advantage. But may we always have the advantage of the name of Jesus. Books are good. Study all the Lord enables you to study. Associations and big names are good. Have all the kind of friends in all the high offices God enables you to reach. But above all, have the greatest of names, the name of Jesus. Because when all these things wrap into an end, the name remains. The Bible says the songs of heaven continually remain and you know, be sung forever and ever. According to Revelation chapter 5, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Praise and glory, wisdom and thanks, honor and power and strength. The song that never ends. The name of Jesus. It is a contradiction that the place that felt that it's supposed to kill him, the cross, gave him a name that is above every name. And today as we pray, we're going to call upon the name of the Lord. That every other name that is exalting its name or seemingly exalts its name above the name of Jesus, we're going to cut it to size. We tell you, dethroned, be dethroned, be dethroned, subject to the name upon which every knee bows, subject to the name upon which every tongue confesses, subject to the name that is lifted above every other name, subject to the name that even the Father recognizes, how powerful it is. And the Holy Spirit tells us to worship Jesus and enables us to worship in spirit and in truth. And even the Father says, glorify the Son. Jesus himself stood and said, Father, glorify the Son, that the Son will again glorify you. Even the Father glorifies the Son. The Holy Spirit glorifies the Son. We cannot afford to be out of line and glorify anything else. We have to glorify the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. We have to glorify the name of Jesus. We have to glorify the name of Jesus. Is a name that gives us grace. When you don't even deserve to approach the Father, when we know what we did the previous second, the previous night, the previous week, but the name gives us grace to be forgiven, grace to access every good and perfect gift, grace to access the earth and the fullness which belong to the Father. The name of Jesus. It is a weapon in our warfare that we shall continually, continually, continually use. One city welcomed the name of Jesus, and today it is still in the Bible. They said, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they sang and sang, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. The Bible says they put their garments on the ground and allowed even the donkey that carried him to walk, just walk on the garments. And they exalted the name of Jesus to date. We still talk about the song they sang then, over 2,000 years ago. Because he exalted one name that even heaven recognizes, the name of Jesus. 
And today I want us to open the, our hearts, to open our minds, to open our situations, to open our homes, to open this church. Even when you're praying for the nation, say the gates of Kenya open to the one name. Say Hosanna to the one name. But even heaven backs up the name of Jesus. And say blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. It is a song that welcomes the king. It is a song that welcomes the Lord. And we do not just sing the song Hosanna when things are good. Sometimes you are prompted to sing the song Hosanna when things are really bad. And when I say bad, it's not as bad with a capital B. You know, that's just really bad. And we are supposed still to sing Hosanna. Because when we sing Hosanna, now we, we usher the king. And the king does not come by himself. If the president walks in, doesn't walk just as the president. No. He comes with security detail. He comes with catering. He comes with protocol. He comes with their own, you know, kind of everything. Seats and deco and whatever it is there be. The king does not come by himself. When we sing the song Hosanna, even in our lowest moment, we are ushering him to come. Not just as, as, as the Lord himself, but even with his blessing, with life, with joy, with peace. Because we understand in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Ah, people, there are pleasures forevermore. When we sing the song Hosanna, even in the darkest times. Have you ever been at a place where you're, you're trying to pray, but there's no prayer coming? Because you're praying the same prayer months or years and you're not seeming, seeming to find an answer. Another time when you just say prayer aside, let me now welcome the king himself. I know in, in, in my mother tongue they say something, I'll say it in, in English, but they say it in my mother tongue. It sounds better in my mother tongue though. When they say, Lord, come and don't send anyone. <laughs> they say it, it sounds better in my mother tongue. So uh, uh, let me just do it in English so that we can, we can all be on the same page. They say, God, come and don't send anyone. That's the song of Hosanna. When the king himself comes, he does not send anyone. He comes. And when he comes, he comes to your salvation. He comes for our deliverance. Who can stand against the king and win? The Bible says even the devil himself, know, himself knows that he is Lord. Even the demons know. And they shudder. Ah. As much as they rebelled, they know he is Lord. They know he is king. And they are scared at that very fact. Because they have had a glimpse of heaven before they rebelled. And they know how glorious he is. They know how great he is. They know how powerful he is. And this evening I pray that the eyes of our understanding be opened to know the place of the blood, the place of the name, the place of the word as we engage in warfare. As we walk every single day in our Christian walk. As we pray, as we make intercession, as we seek to do different things. May we ask the Lord, Lord, where do I need to apply the blood? Where do I need to apply the name? Where do I need to apply the word? Lord, show me. Open the eyes of my understanding. I need to know, Lord. I need to know where to apply this for my advantage. Let the nations know you came and you dwelt among us at the word. Let the nations know you shed your blood and completed a work that no one else completed. Let the world know when your name is exalted, every other name bows down. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord and just one, one of the songs that we sing often here in, in, in the worship team, and, and, and I love it also. Okay, I love many songs, so I can quote songs. 
and, and it says, let every other name fade away until there's only Jesus. Every other name, let it fade away. As we pray this evening, we'll call the name of the Lord and say, let every other name fade away. Let every other name lose its place. It could be the name of a family that is stubborn. It could be the name of a disease that is stubborn. It could be the name of something that happens in the family every so often that is stubborn. It could be joblessness that is stubborn. It could be a business that is stubborn. It could be just a situation that does not seem to live. It could be a struggle of a sin that keeps, you know, you feel like you have conquered it, then it comes again. You feel like you have made it, then you fall right back into it. But we are calling the name that causes every other name to lose its place. We are enthroning one name called Jesus that is causing every other name to lose its power. We are saying there is only one king. There is only one Lord. There is only one who is worthy of our attention. Jesus, 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 Jesus to the very end. Jesus to the very end. We will live for no other. We will glorify no other. Let us see, others see us and see the Lord. Let us reach that point when they say, it is no longer I who live, but Christ in me. Because we are so much in the word, so much in the name, so much in the blood, until they look at us and they say, this ones, if you want anything to do with them, unless you accuse them on the name of the Lord, there is nothing you can accuse them upon. Mm -mm. They are only about the Lord. Their right is the Lord. Their left is the Lord. When they are doing good, they are the Lord. When they are doing bad, they are still with the Lord. When they are up, they are with the Lord. When they are down, they are with the Lord. When they wake up in the morning, they are with the Lord. Even at lunch hour, when people are supposed to be eating, they are with the Lord. Let it be said that continually we are with him until the day when we see him face to face and he will be proud to say, well done, good and faithful servants. You use the weapons and you use them well. Now you have conquered. You are qualified to be a part of my kingdom eternally. Amen? Let's rise on our feet. In the days of my school, they used to say there is, there is theory and there is practical. Many days when I'm in school. And there's one that you hear and there is one that you put to practice. Amen? And we have, word about the, we have heard about the name. We have heard about the word. We have heard about the blood. And I want us to just put them to practice. Call upon the name of Jesus. Call upon the blood of Jesus. Quote as many verses that come to your spirit. Quote, call upon the word to work on your behalf. And today we are not so many, so we have a, a big ground to walk and just call upon his name. Father, we thank you for the blood. Oh, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the blood that has saved and delivered us. Thank you for the blood that gives us access to you. And now we can approach you by day and by night. Thank you for the blood that was shed for the remission of our sins. Thank you for the blood that has given us access to you. Thank you for the blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness and calls us the called ones of the Lord. Thank you for the blood that has delivered us oh, from every condemnation and gives us access to the Father and calls us the righteous ones. Thank you for the blood, O oh God, that on the account of the blood we can stand this day. That on the account of the blood we can worship. On the account of the blood we can call your name. 
On the account of the blood, we can sing of your glory. On the account of the blood, we can declare of your greatness. On the account of the blood, oh God. Oh, we confess every enemy in the name of Jesus. On the account of the blood, we can call your name. Oh, on the account of the blood, we can quote your word. We can mention your word, oh God. Thank you for the blood that has qualified us. Oh, Lord, out of our fallen state. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood is a shore of love. What manner of love is this? That a man would lay down his life for his friends. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. There is no other, there is no other blood that can deliver us by the blood of Jesus. There is no other blood that can make us coheres with Christ by the blood of Jesus. Oh, we thank you for the blood. We thank you for the blood that was shed for the remission of sins of many. We thank you for the blood.